Have you ever been fearful? Have you ever dreaded the conversation you need to have? Or one of those things where you just keep putting it off, like you just don't want to do it. We all have those moments where we have to have these hard conversations. And these conversations can range from anything and pop up, or maybe we've been putting it off so long that we can't, like we just don't want to have it. And so how do we deal with it? How do we begin to navigate at those times? How do we begin to go forward, navigate through when we need to have those conversations? And so for today, we are going to Daniel 5. And Daniel is an interesting book because at the point we're reading today, it is the story of the downfall of the Babylonian Empire. Now, historically, yes, the Babylonian Empire fell. And so there are pieces here of history, and yet it's telling the story in a completely different way. Historically, the Assyrian Empire was overthrown by the Babylonian Empire. The Babylonian Empire was overthrown by the Medes and Persians. And then the Persians will ultimately take over. The Greeks will overthrow the Persians, and the Romans will overthrow overthrow the Greeks. And so we are getting a little taste of how we get the story of Daniel woven into history. But there are some definite differences, kind of like with the king that gets overthrown by the Medes and the Persians isn't the one mentioned in the story. It is, his name is Nabonidus. And today's story is around Belshazzar. And so it's kind of one of those things of all right, it's not completely historical, it's not completely factual, but that's not really the point. The point is what we learn from the story, how the story begins to challenge us, and specifically today, how it challenges us in our conversations. And what we're gonna notice right off the bat is that Belshazzar, who's called the king, we, we know he was a son of Nebuchadnezzar, but we don't know what position he actually held at the end. And he is partying. He is from privilege. He is from power. He is like a god. He thinks he is all powerful and he's pretty arrogant. So he has that kind of life. And then Daniel comes into the picture. Daniel is going to have this really hard conversation. Daniel is considered a man of God. He has dealt with difficult situations like with Nebuchadnezzar when he was king of Babylon. He's going to throw Daniel into the lion's den. Daniel keeps trying to live right, keeps trying to be connected to God no matter what, no matter what anybody says. And so here it's kind of interesting. We've got a hard conversation between very different people. They are different in values, perspectives, beliefs, family dynamic, jobs. They are different in every aspect of life. And how often do we get caught up on our differences actually hindering or complicating those hard conversations anymore? Or how do our differences keep us from having the hard conversations in life? So beginning today in Daniel 5, verses 1 through 2 and 4 through 6. King Belshazzar threw a huge party for a thousand of his princes, and he drank a lot of wine in front of them. While he was under the wine's influence, Belshazzar commanded that the gold and silver equipment that his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken from Jerusalem's temple be brought to the party. 
so that the king, his princes, his consorts, and his secondary wives could drink wine out of them. They drank a lot of wine, and they praised the gods of gold, silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. Right then, the fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the king's palace wall in the light of the lamp. The king saw the hand that wrote. The king's mood changed immediately, and he was deeply disturbed. He felt weak, and his knees were shaking. Belshazzar has thrown a party. And everybody important, his court, his princes are all there. And they are drunk. They are partying hard. And they bring out these vessels, these gold vessels that had been taken by Nebuchadnezzar out of the temple in Jerusalem. That things, items that had been once considered sacred. And so they are using, they don't care, they don't care anything about anyone but themselves. And in that moment of caring for no one else but themselves and their own comfort, a hand begins to write on the wall, and the party is brought to an immediate end because fear grips the king. Fear grips Belshazzar. And to think about that, about how fear begins to influence the way that we have conversations, the way that we respond to the world around us, the way that we respond to the differences of each other. Like it's this moment of realizing how strong that fear can be and how it can propel us in a multitude of directions. And so Belshazzar is gripped with fear, doesn't know what to do, and so he's going to need a little bit of help. Continuing on in verses 10 through 12a. Upon hearing the commotion coming from the king and his princes, the queen entered the banqueting hall and declared, Long live the king. Don't be so disturbed. Don't be so frightened. There is a man in your kingdom who has the breath of holy gods in him. When your father was alive, this man was shown to possess illumination, insight, and wisdom, like the very wisdom of the gods. Your father, King Nebuchadnezzar, appointed this man as chief, over the dream interpreters, enchanters, Chaldeans, and diviners. Yes, your father did this because of this man, Daniel, the one the king named Belshazzar, possesses an extraordinary spirit, knowledge, and insight into the meaning of dreams. All right, so the queen comes in. She realizes he's frightened. He's willing to listen to her. He's willing to listen, and she says, you know what, there's somebody that can help us. There's somebody who the previous Nebuchadnezzar had really respected, who is from the land of Judah, which the Babylonians had taken into captivity and brought the Jews to Babylon. Daniel was part of that. But Daniel had risen through the ranks, even though there had been all kinds of back and forth difficulties. But David held fast and became respected. And so here she says, hey, I think we need to go to him. I think he can help us in this moment. And Belshazzar listens. Continuing on in verse 13, 15 through 17. So Daniel was brought before the king. The king said to him, so you are Daniel, the Daniel from the exiles that my father the king brought from Judah. Now the sages and the dream interpreters were brought before me to read this writing and interpret it for me, but they couldn't explain its meaning. 
But I've heard that you can explain meanings and solve mysteries. So if you can read the writing and interpret it for me, you will wear royal robes, have a gold chain around your neck, and will rule the kingdom as third in command. Daniel answered the king, keep your gifts, give the rewards to someone else, but I will still read the writing to the king and interpret it for him. Belshazzar is willing to listen to somebody very different from himself. He is willing to engage in this conversation with somebody that is nothing like him. And so Daniel comes and immediately the king explains that nobody else can interpret it. But if Daniel can interpret it, then he's going to put all kinds of stuff. He's going to reward him heavily. And Daniel's response is, I don't care anything about that. Daniel is saying right there, I don't expect anything from this. I am not doing this to get something out of it. I am not, I am not a yes man because you're going to give me something. And that's really important here. Daniel is setting up his boundary in this conversation, but he's saying, but I'm willing to help, but I am not going to be your yes person and you don't have to give me anything, no expectations in this moment. And so when we're considering those, those conversations, when we're like, okay, how do we go about this? What do we expect out of it? And what should we not? Maybe in fact, we should remove all expectations upon the conversation. But then this other side of going, okay, wait a minute, what do I expect to get out of it in the sense of is it for me to prove myself right? Why am I engaging in it? What am I getting out of it? Have you ever been in one of those conversations where the conversation is just, it keeps going and it's just about somebody proving themselves right? And Daniel here going, you know what? That is just not the way. It is something else. And this, from the very start, it's like Belshazzar actually gives a little bit of respect to this. Like he's willing to hear Daniel out. And Daniel is going to have to be very, he's going to have to be honest and he knows it. And so this moment of going, I don't expect you to respond to me in any manner because what I've got to say is probably not what the king wants to hear. So continuing on in verses 18 through 20 and 22 through 23a. Listen, your majesty, the most high God gave kingship, power, glory, and majesty to your father, Nebuchadnezzar. Because of the power God gave Nebuchadnezzar, all peoples, nations, and languages were terrified of him. He did whatever he wanted, whatever he wanted, killing or sparing, exalting or humbling. But when he became arrogant, acting in stubborn pride, he was pulled off his royal throne and the glory was taken from him. But you who are his son, Belshazzar, you haven't submitted, even though you've known all of this. Instead, you've set yourself up against the Lord of heaven. All right, this moment, Daniel's got to be very vulnerable because he's got to be honest. But in his honesty, he's going to be very clear about why this is happening and how it came to pass. And to help Belshazzar understand, he is going to draw parallels with Nebuchadnezzar and this whole moment of going, listen, you've got some arrogance and some pride that have overtaken your life. And that whole thing previously about the idols, about they were worshiping the gold, silver, the wood idols. Here's the thing. Idols can be anything. 
It can be anything that we hold on to so tightly that we will destroy our own life or anyone else's life. Our idols can be things like consumerism, greed, busyness, our job. It can be belief systems. It can be anything that we are willing to hold on to just like Belshazzar is holding on to arrogance and pride so tightly that it is destroying his life and everyone around him. And here, Daniel is speaking some truth to that. Daniel's like, you know that this is not the way. That that arrogance, right, of I've got all the answers, I'm never wrong, and that pride never admitting to being wrong and saying, wait a minute, what can I learn from this? Has brought this moment into being. Daniel gives clearly the why and the how to Belshazzar. Finishing up in verses 24 through 31. That's why the hand was sent from God and why this message was written down. This is what was written down. Many, many, tekel and parson. This is the meaning of the word. Many, God has numbered the days of your rule. It's over. Tekel means that you've been weighed on the scales and don't measure up. Paris means your kingship is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. Then Belshazzar commanded that Daniel be dressed in a purple robe with a gold chain around his neck and be officially appointed as third in command in the kingdom. That very same night, Belshazzar, the Chaldean king, was killed. Darius the Mede received the kingdom at the age of 62. So now Daniel moves to the what? Clearly, what is going to happen? And he explains it by explaining the writing on the wall. That many, M-E-N-E, -E, right there, of going, God has numbered the days of your rule, it's over. And that it's used twice, that it's like it is coming to an abrupt end. And then the word tekel means that you've been weighed on the scales and you don't measure up. Your rule has been, it's not good. There's been too much arrogance, too much pride. You care nothing but for yourself. And now it is coming to that end. And then Paris, two words, two different words are used in this passage, but both of them are talking towards the Persians and the Medes. And so your kingdom is going to be divided, Belshazzar. It's an end, and it's given to someone else. So da Daniel gives the what? the clear, honest, what is going to happen. And what's interesting is Belshazzar's response to Daniel. It's almost like because of that, the way that that fear came over him, he could have chosen very different paths. But he chose in this moment to listen to who was someone different from himself, to himself, to hear what Daniel had to say. And Daniel gives him. Very clearly, the why, the what, the how of the moment that led, led to everything that's about to happen. And Belshazzar respects Daniel for it. And so that brings about how when we're having those hard conversations, when we've got to have that vulnerability to be honest because we've got to say something that isn't easy, of how we continue to show and cultivate respect. Doesn't mean Daniel agrees with Belshazzar, absolutely does not. Has some really hard things to say, but he still 
this moment of, let's be honest, he, he's not cruel to Belshazzar. He's just matter of fact, and Belshazzar gives him respect. Now, even in our hard conversations, when we're trying to be respectful, when we're, we're trying to be clear and honest and vulnerable, does it mean it's always going to work? Absolutely not. But we've tried. We've tried to engage in hard conversations in a very different manner. In a different manner than it devolving into just a greater mess, into avoiding it completely. And so here's a moment of going, all right, how is respect? Trying to be respectful of all kinds of boundaries, trying to be respectful of others. When we have those hard conversations, how are we allowing respect to be part of the equation? How are we moving aside those expectations or needing to prove a point or needing to be right? How are we allowing those differences to actually help us create healthy conversations as opposed to shutting them down? Because our differences, we can learn such great wisdom and insight just as Daniel gave to Belshazzar. It doesn't mean it's going to work out in Belshazzar's favor. But here we have a sense of how a hard conversation can be cultivated in a healthy manner. And so how will we allow this story to begin to permeate our lives? How, how do we let it allow, get at kind of like, okay, where do I need to be challenged? When I've got a hard conversation, how do I come at it? And how should I maybe be coming at it a little differently? Because Daniel is a man of God. Daniel is very focused upon how his life is at every step connected to God. And so part of us being connected to God is how we engage in these really hard conversations. And so what will we take from this story today for our own lives when we've got to have those moments of going, wait, we got to talk? How will we allow it to challenge us and guide us in new ways? Amen. Thank you.